Government. We all know it's important to understand, be it state, local, or national, but doesn't the thought of it just make you want to, well, drink? If so, you're in the right place. I'm Angel Romero, your politics and pints aficionado, and this is Ballots and Brews, where we'll talk all things local beer while also diving into what in the world is happening at the local, state, and national government and what you can do about it. It's Schoolhouse Rocks meets the Daily Show meets C-SPAN, so let's get this show started. Hey, good evening, everyone, and welcome back to another edition of Ballads and Brews. We have a packed show tonight. Uh, we are so excited to be getting back to our candidate profiles tonight. We are actually turning to the city council candidates tonight. So we'll be featuring both Districts 1 and District 9 candidates on tonight's show so that you can learn more about them in advance of Election Day, which is just a few weeks away. Uh, but before we get to do any of that, we are going to start, as we always do, uh, with drinks. Uh, so tonight we are very excited to have Ariel Coughlin joining us from Fidelis Italian Restaurant at the Cyrus Hotel. Ariel, thanks for hanging out with us tonight. Uh, thanks for having me. I'm excited to be here. Uh, yeah, absolutely. Well, speaking of it, exciting, so I, the whole concept of Cyrus Hotel, I think, is, is pretty cool and pretty exciting. Uh, and to give folks some some context, you know, Fidelis, uh, Fidelis replaces or is in the place of what used to be the weather room uh, that folks may remember from the Cyrus Hotel. So when people come to Fidelis, Fidelis now, what kind of changes can they expect? How does it look different from uh, what they re- might remember? So um, visually walking in, a lot may not look different. I mean, I agree with you. I think the Cyrus Hotel as a whole is in a really exciting, you know, attribute to Topeka. And we thought the decor and everything else was still very much fit our model for Fidelity. So there's nothing we really wanted to change there. Um, but as for what you will see that's changed is definitely going to be our drink menu, our food menu, um, and just kind of some of our, you know, kind of the different ways that we have our staff, you know, dressing, making sure we all just kind of give a different feel because a big thing for us is just kind of changing the entire atmosphere as a whole. Absolutely, absolutely. Well, of course, I mentioned it's Fidelis Italian Restaurant. So we were just talking before we went on the air here. I, I am a passionate lover of Italian food. I feel like pasta should be its own food group. Uh, so <laughs> I am very excited about this. So can you talk a little bit about the menu and kind of what people can expect and how did you come up with that menu? Absolutely. So um, I don't know if you know, but we have a new hospitality company that kind of came in and is helping us run everything. It's still locally owned by uh, Cody Foster Name Strategies. But um, we the kind of different thing that happened is we decided we needed to rebrand a little bit, freshen up. You know, COVID was kind of hard and just kind of give a new perspective. And so the ownership, the company as a whole kind of decided they wanted to go for some sort of contemporary Italian feel. And, you know, people who I think restaurant people don't get enough credit for the artists that they truly are. But, um, you know, folks like myself and, and our chef and our, our sous chef and as well as our bartenders and bar managers, creativity, you give them a concept and it's pretty easy to go from there. Just kind of a big part of it's also going to be is what we can source right now. So, yeah, that's kind of how the menu came to be about. And it's a heavy focus on steak and pasta. So we're, yeah, um, three different cuts of steak that we're featuring. We also are including seafood because it is very much in that whole Mediterranean feel that you would see in Italian food. Um, So yeah, and quite a few pasta dishes that um, some of them that change on a regular basis, like our nightly gnocchi. Oh my gosh. Oh, that's awesome. Well, yeah, that's cool too. So, you know, no matter what night you go, there could be something uh, new and different for people to experience. 
Yes, absolutely. Awesome. Well, and of course, we have to talk about the drink menu. I know that, uh, of course, back in the weather room days, that was a, a popular stop for, for happy hour or for after work uh, drinks or things like that. So what can people expect from the drink menu now? What kind of cocktails can they look for? And what are, what are those must-haves that people um, should try? Let's talk about it. I mean, drinks are my favorite thing to talk about, I'll be honest. Absolutely. Um, I'm very proud of our menu right now. Um, there's a lot of blood, sweat, and tears that went into it between myself, um, Aaron Zetner, and Brian McDonald, uh, my two other bar supervisors. And so we went through quite the change up there. Our definite must-try on our cocktail menu is absolutely going to be our clarified punch and our espresso martini. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, it's, and it's not like your everyday espresso martini. It definitely is um, a grown-up cocktail. So <laughs> um, and it's cool because you know, we use espresso, uh, um, PT's espresso and coffee here. Oh, my gosh. And, yeah, and they uh, made a zero-waste coffee liqueur by using our sped grounds. Oh, so wow. they made it. I know. So they made it here in-house, and we use that as well as um, Belvedere and uh, Woodford Reserve. And then we use an actual whole shot of espresso from PTs in the cocktail as well. So it's like this. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, it sounds so good. <laughs> um, for the wine menu, honestly, that was, you know, definitely the, our, I would say probably one of our biggest challenges. There isn't one thing on our wine menu that I wouldn't recommend. Um, we have some really some really cool things on there. The kind of fun thing about our wine menu is, again, we said what we can source. Sure. COVID has made it really difficult to get certain products in. That's why a lot of our stuff changes pretty frequently. Sure. They just, it's allocated to different places, and so we can't get it. So we stuck with a lot of independent, you know, wine distributors and makers, sure. which there's nothing about them that isn't as fantastic as some of those big labels. They're just not as well known. So sure. there isn't one thing on there I wouldn't recommend, but right now, one of my favorites is the Hubert Sparkling Rosé. Oh my gosh, that sounds delicious. Very dry, <laughs> very fresh. Awesome. awesome. And that's kind of cool too that it is different places because you know, it gives you a chance to try something new. Yeah, absolutely. And it's just kind of been cool to get some of those not as well-known winemakers out there. Yeah. We have our um, House of Brown Chardonnay is another one of my favorites. It is the only female-owned black winery in Napa Valley. Oh, my gosh. That's yeah. awesome. And we have it right here in Topeka, Kansas. That's pretty cool. We do have it in Topeka, Kansas, and no one else does. So I like that fact about us. Oh, that's awesome. Well, it's, it's cool, too, to know, of course, that there's stuff that's sourcing local, too, uh, to know that you know, PT's Coffee can get in on that, too. It's, it's really cool. Yeah, we're definitely working on some more um, local uh, partnerships and want to bring in and kind of showcase Topeka more here. You know, we have so many out-of-town guests as well that they, they want to see what we have here and what makes us special. And so our our food menu is constantly evolving and changing. And we have quite a few changes coming up for that and uh, a, a completely revamped brunch menu coming as well. So. Oh, my goodness. Oh, you said brunch. That's that call. It's calling my name. That's awesome. And speaking of, of brunch and those kinds of things. So, yeah, are there any any special events coming up or specials or things that people should know about? Yes. Yeah, so right now we are open for breakfast, um, but we're looking to expand our hours and completely revamp our menu. I believe the first week of November. Okay. Um, and we have a wine tasting the last week of October coming up. Oh, very good. So just just here in a few weeks. Yes, in a few weeks. 
Awesome, awesome. Well, of course, too, as people are you know, checking out First Friday downtown or going to any other downtown events, Fidelity's would make a great place for folks to, to stop by as they're checking out anything else that's going on downtown, too. Well, I think so. <laughs> <laughs> very good, very good. You know, anything else that you would like people uh, to know about? No, I just really, um, awareness is the big thing right now. A lot of people aren't aware of our hours or like that we're actually open or the changes to our menu. And right now I would like to boast on my staff. They've done a really good job uh, just getting an amazing selection of uh, liquor, um, wine and beer in here. And we just, I'm really proud of what we're we're putting out there right now. And I'd love to get people in here to try it and like it as much as I do. Absolutely, absolutely. Well, folks, you you heard it right here. You gotta get, if you haven't been yet, including myself, you need to get yourself down uh, to Fidelity, uh, Fidelity's right now uh, down at the Cyrus Hotel. Try out that cocktail menu. Try out some of those wines um, and let us know how that steak and pasta is doing. Yeah, feel free to hit us up on social media uh, and let us know about your experience. We give you full permission to go full millennial on Instagram and take pictures of your meals and your drinks and post them uh, post them online. Uh, Ariel, thanks so much for, for hanging out with us tonight. Thanks for having me. It's been a lot of fun. Absolutely, absolutely. And folks listening, don't go away. Coming up next, be sure to grab yourself a drink or maybe even two because we have not one, not two, but three city council candidates uh, coming at you as we talk to the candidates running for Districts 1 and Districts 9. Uh, That's coming up after the break. You are listening to Ballads and Brews here on KSEF 785 Live Radio. Seven Eight Five Magazine is proud to present KSEF Digital Radio, Topeka, Kansas. That's the thing you're listening to right now, and we're celebrating everything local and everything Topeka. Learn more at seven eight five live dot com. And thanks for tuning in. All right. Well, good evening, everybody. You know, Election Day is just a few weeks away. And so uh, as we've been doing the last few weeks, we are going to continue our series of profiles with candidates that are running for local office. And tonight we're actually turning our attention to our city council candidates. So tonight we are so excited to be profiling the candidates from both Districts 1 and Districts 9 uh, that are running for city council. And we, of course, will start off with number one, with District number one. Of course, this is the district that lies right in the heart of our city, which includes the downtown corridor. So for those of you who live or do business in the downtown area, this is your city council district. And our first candidate tonight is uh, the current incumbent uh, city councilwoman for District 1, Karen Hiller. Karen, thanks for hanging out with us tonight. Thanks for the invitation, Angel. Absolutely, it's absolutely. It's, it seems like it wasn't just that, that too long ago we were at the candidate forum together. Right. So good, good to have you back. Well, you know, as we get started tonight, could you tell folks just, you know, a little bit about yourself, your background and kind of what you did before coming to City Council? Uh, Angel, I was raised in a family that was involved in the community, so it was sort of second nature for me. And I've spent my entire adult life, both my career and my personal life, engaged in community. Um, I, I was executive director for t- over 25 years of Housing and Credit Counseling, Inc. Yeah. It was a, just a startup agency when I graduated from college and came here doing tenant landlord, home buyer, and consumer credit counseling and education and problem solving um, community-wide, not just here in, in the central Topeka. In fact, we had um, offices in four communities at, at various points along the way. Um, in, 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 in the central Topeka neighborhood where I live now, where I've always lived as an adult in Topeka, um, been very involved in the community and neighborhoods and multi-neighborhood organizations as well. 
Absolutely. Well, I say HCCI organization is still doing good work uh, in, in town. So you, you left a, a good legacy there for folks to follow on for sure. Well, and I also was involved in the Central Topeka Turnaround team. So we, and, and through through HCCI, actually rehabbed the Buchanan School, yeah. got the Washburn Lane Parkway Lighting Project going, and the Aaron Douglas Mural at the corner of 12th and Lane, and the and the Art Fair, and also professionally got, got to serve on some state and national organizations, uh, including the federal home loan banks and federal reserves regional advisory boards for about eight years each sure well and you know given that that work that that you've been able to do on the city council you've had a busy couple terms on on the city council so so why uh why uh run for re-election what are uh why what motivated you to want to run for re-election oh that's a good question because it has been 12 (laughs) years um yeah we have come a long way in those 12 years um we as, as most people who have been here know, uh, gone from a town that really wasn't, wasn't proud of itself and, and really wasn't moving very much in any sector to one that's really on the move in the business sector. We've, um, we've made improvements, significant action in downtown, in Noto, in the Washburn Tech East, for instance, Scent neighborhood down in Southeast, a couple of um, business-led <clears throat> Initiatives on the on the Wanamaker Quarter, uh, 29th and Fairlawn, gateways to Topeka, uh, lots of good things. Uh, engagement by the community in many many ways, but we still have a lot left to do. And and I've got my fingers in a lot of that and um, have 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 some momentum and and want to keep that going. And some examples there are that I'm chairing the Public Health and Safety Committee this year. <laughs> One of our members got the whole broadband engagement movement going, which will bridge into the, the next couple of years, but put together a tremendous coalition. Um, Councilwoman Valdivia Alcala and I have taken the lead on what we're calling Change Our Culture of Property Maintenance. We, we're just off a seven session public input session uh, series to get people's ideas on how we can really as a community, as well as within our code compliance and related sector systems, do a better job of taking care of our housing, our premises and our community. And we are, we have literally like 20 pages of, of results from that, but it was good. Yeah. We thought people had innovative ideas, observations, we are just watching the next few weeks, actually, we'll begin to roll out uh, kind of a consolidation of that work. And it's, it's hard work, but it's really exciting and it's really engaged in the community, which is, which is what I'm passionate about. And two other big projects that I'm on is the, is the um, I've, I've worked with some neighborhood groups to put together a program we call DREAMS to totally retool the way that the city deals with its neighborhoods. And so what we're working on with DREAMS is to, is to get the neighborhoods um, aligned with their own goals and assist them in pursuing whatever they need, whether it involves money or not, to, to create not just the infrastructure um, but, and housing, but to get everybody working together on the, on the feel of that community and the look of that community and how it works together. I'm also serving on the police and community special committee that's been going for about a year and to really support our police department and at the same time say, are there some ways we can do some things better? And, and there are, and we've seen results already just as we work. So, um, and with all that, we're still catching up on streets. 
We're working on water and sewer and stormwater and facilities, all of which have been going on for some of this time, but we are, and we're making progress, but we're really at the cusp of moving that forward to not only feeling like we substantially got some things done, but also that we've worked out some, some strategic planning for routine maintenance and, and maintaining what we have, we've put back in place. So um, with those steps, I think we've had a good council. Um, we're all committed to, to working forward. And so I wanna be part of helping to continue that momentum and contributing what I can. Absolutely. You know, you, you talk about a, a number of, of very important issues um, that are going on right now. You know, if you had to uh, prioritize, what would you think is the, the most important issue moving forward that the city council is going to need to address? Rather than pick out any one of those, sure. I think we do need to grow our population. Mm. And one reason is because it, with more people, we've got a lot of vacant units and a lot of a lot of space for people. And if we get more people here, that will spread the the tax revenue so that sure. we don't need to raise taxes, but we have more money, not only to take care of the things that we need to take care of, but to do some of the progressive things that, that people have in mind as well. Strategic investments, if you want, not just blowing money, but um, thinking things through and continuing on this upward trajectory that we have. All of those things that I mentioned that I'm working on and that the others are as well, I'll lead into that sure. because if we're not doing quality of place, if we're not fixing our infrastructure, if we're not really honestly working on inclusion and equity for everybody in our community, for the jobs, for the housing, for the other opportunities and engagement, people aren't going to move here. Absolutely right. So, <laughs> we we it it takes all those pieces, but having having our population grow again, we've got plenty of room to grow without without needing to spill over our borders. We've got capacity right now. And so we need to fill those jobs and fill those houses and and we'll still do some construction and so on to meet specific needs. But we've got a lot of people excited, for instance, about moving downtown, uh, starting to get some interest in buying and renovating in those neighborhoods, which we need to support and continue, um, things like that. Absolutely. Well, and you know, when you look back on on your uh, time on the council now, these last twelve years, uh, you know, what do you, what do you what is something that you're most proud of uh, the council for achieving, and what's something that you think that looking back on it, you would have done differently or, or could have gone better? I think this is going to sound too general, maybe, but I think getting our spirits and our pride up and getting our city on the move. Um, I'm not sure which comes first, which is chicken or egg, if you will, but. That's what I'm most proud of. Um, and again, the challenge is it's relatively speaking, not not all that hard to get something like that started, but to sustain it and keep it going. So we're we're challenged now that other people are looking at this city. We've had some um, some successes with outside investors, but also some disasters. Um, when when you start to get people interested in growing in your city, you've got to become a little little sharper about those incentives that you're offering and what that but for really is. Be able to say hearty yeses, but also to say no, we, we think this can happen on its own or things like that. So um, those will those will be challenges. 
Absolutely, absolutely. And yeah, I was going to say that with, you know, with, with growth comes both opportunities and, and challenges. I think that's something a, a number of candidates have, have touched on for sure. Well, you know, as, as part of our profiles of candidates that we're doing, we've also reached out to uh, some community organizations, um, perhaps some organizations folks might not always be as familiar with, uh, to ask some questions on their behalf and, and to give them a voice as well. And so this week, we are actually starting off our featured organization is the Topeka Sustainability Advisory Board. Um, the advisory board was actually established by the Topeka City Council in 2008 to serve as an advisory board to the council. Uh, a side note for our listeners, uh, yours truly actually got to help speak on behalf of the creation of the advisory board. So I remember uh, back to the day when this was created. Uh, the mission of the advisory board is to promote and advocate for policies that support sustainability. Uh, this specifically includes, but is not limited to, environmental assessment, waste reduction, recycling, energy conservation in the city, and enhancing the quality of life in our community by improving the city's efforts in these areas. The advisory board meets at 4 p.m. at the Holiday Office Building on the first Friday of the month. And everyone is welcome to attend those meetings. Participation is encouraged. And you can direct any questions to sustaintopeka at gmail.com. Now, they submit a couple questions on their behalf. The first question uh, they had tonight um, says, It's been many years since the city of Topeka has had a full-time employee uh, position dedicated to sustainability. Uh, As a result, tracking of 10-year goals for reduced energy consumption in city facilities that was set in 2010 has not been completed. What would you do to increase focus and consideration of environmental sustainability within city government operations? Um, They are picking up on that facilities plan right now. One of the things that happened there is that the, the facilities improvement plan itself did not move forward at the time. It is now moving up and they have been including the elements from that study, such as lighting and um, heating and cooling system upgrades as they have gone along. They're just behind on the whole facilities thing. So it's been mainstream in in that regard. Um, They also have added some things called bioswales as a standard regarding runoff. So that's like natural percolation through the soil and to ease up on our stormwater system. I'm not sure that was even in that original 10-year plan, but, and I know that Public Works is looking at biodiesel equipment as well. So there are some things that are percolating along. We've mainstreamed a lot of the things. One of the things that sustainability was involved in too was getting like the natural vegetation for instance, along Jackson Street, that people wondered what the heck that was. Did they just get to mow it for a long time? And, <laughs> you know, on the city side, they kind of improved it so it looked like it really was an intentional sure. planting and everybody got more used to seeing the growth. Um, I do think they need someone dedicated. I don't know that it needs to be a full-time job, but to keep track, that original study that they had, had was kind of half the city itself and half community wide in terms of setting some some base baselines and some goals. And I do think they need to get back um, to seeing where we are and to hold us to those goals. Oh, sure. Um, so, some things that fell off even internally at the city was there when they first started, they were really careful about turning the lights off and nobody could use space heaters and people were really being careful about not not printing anything they didn't need to and switching to electronic and so on um that that needs to be refreshed let's just say <laughs> but the, 
I saw that Vermont Energy Plan when um, I, I may be leading into that last question, but it was very good. And it was segmented and it did have goals. You may have seen it too, Angel, back then. And I think for the most part, that is probably still fairly current and they could get it back out and, and do some measuring about where we are and just get us going again on, on those goals. If, if when they look at it, they feel like we need to refresh on the whole thing, um, that's certainly possible. But these things that are sustainability issues right now, it's becoming more of a conversation, you know, saving the environment and going, you know, clean air and um, climate change and so on. But those fundamentals have been percolating for a while. And we just, we really do need to dust off those that have not been mainstreamed and, and get them moving. Absolutely. Well, and, and that does lead into our the last question here, second question from the Sustainability Advisory Board. Uh, the other question says, 11 of our 16 pure cities have adopted multi-year sustainability plans and are actively working toward more energy efficient or carbon neutral operations and a greener community overall. Uh, what steps would you support to create and enact a sustainability plan for Topeka? Actually, that Vermont Energy Plan, I think, was already underway when I was first elected in 2009. So I can't remember whether we adopted it or just accepted it. But it, it was presented to the council. We went through all of it. And I um, again, it had goals for both the city and for the and community wide. And I think we just need to start by dusting that thing off and seeing where we are, because that was a multi-year plan, at least a 10-year plan, and maybe 20. Very good. Well, Karen, before we wrap up to anything else that, that you would like voters to know uh, about you before Election Day? About me? I'm here to do what I can do, the very best that I can do. But I also signed up to be on the council to be part of a team. And I would just... Um, I do my best to be part of that team as well. We are not all the same, but we have worked hard at, at having open conversations about the things that we know or the things that we agree or disagree on. What I'd like to do is really encourage everyone who's listening to vote. Absolutely. Um, everyone in the city will have at least the mayor and probably one or two school board um, elections to vote on. And then everyone that has that lives in one of the odd number districts will have the mayor and a city council person and one or two school board <laughs> positions. They all overlap, so I can't say for sure which ones, but I just hope everybody votes and that everybody maybe could take the time to get somebody that they think might not have gotten to the polls and make sure they get there. Absolutely, absolutely. Couldn't, couldn't have said better ourselves. So Karen, thanks so much for, for spending some more time with us tonight. You're welcome. Thanks for the invitation, Angle. Absolutely. Anytime, anytime. And again, folks, you've been listening to uh, Councilwoman Karen Hiller representing City Council District 1. So again, at central part of our city. Uh, coming up next, we are going to visit with candidates from the District 9 Council race, including uh, both Mike Lesser and Gregory Bland Jr. Uh, stay tuned. You are listening to Ballots and Brews here on KSF 75 Live Radio. All right, folks, 
next up, we are getting to hear from the two gentlemen that are running to represent City Council of District 9. Uh, district 9, of course, being the council district uh, that comprises most of the northwest side of the city. So this includes uh, the Gage Park area, uh, Wanamaker north of 21st Street, essentially kind of everything north of Wanamaker and west of Gage, if you want to think of it like that. Uh, the, the first candidate we are speaking to tonight is Gregory Bland Jr. Great, thanks for being here tonight. Thank you for having me, Angel. I appreciate it. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I was just, you know, let's just say it feels like we just saw each other at the candy form not too long ago. <laughs> yeah, just, just not too long ago. Absolutely. Well, you know, as we get started tonight, can you tell folks just, just a little bit about yourself, you know, your background, kind of what you do for a living, are you to be a native, uh, and all that kind of stuff? Well, I actually kind of grew up here, Angel. Um, you know, I wasn't born here. I was actually born in Memphis, Tennessee. Uh, okay. But I've been living here since I was 18 months old. My mother came here um, and she raised me and my little brother. Um, you know, I went to Topeka High and Highland Park. So I'm kind of partial ah. when it comes to football <laughs> games. Yeah. Um, but, but you know, um, I, I have uh, raised my family here. Uh, me and my wife, we have three kids together. Um, I have a total of five children all together, but we have three kids Ooh. together. I've been married for seven years and um we've we've actually pastored a couple churches here in Topeka um and so you know I I guess you can consider me a native because these are these are my stomping grounds um and I love this city you know there's nothing that you could say about Topeka that I don't love um I currently am the supervisor and help run Youngblood Youth Development Homes um which is a QRTP at YRC2 um boys boys home for kids that are in foster care um and they range from the ages of eight to 18 and we just kind of you know help them get back home or you know get to their next step in life and so um i'm just ready to take that work and put it towards other places awesome awesome well that's that's cool you know that actually leads right into the next question you know you've got a, a it's really a busy life going on with, with five kids and and a, a busy job and that sort of thing so what made you really want to decide to, to run for city council on top of all that well you know angel really to be honest um you know i don't think that this is something that I really, you know, had desire to do. Um, about a year ago when the George Floyd, you know, things started hit, hitting home, um, you know, we were we were here and it was a group of us that decided to stand up and, you know, make our voices heard here in the city of Topeka. And, you know, around that time, um, you know, I've, I've been an outspoken person all of my life. And, you know, I thought that, you know, my voice was only to be heard behind the pulpit in the church. Um, and somebody told me that, you know, the real pulpit is out in the streets with the people and talking about, you know, the issues that most affect us. And so from there, we, you know, we were inspired to uh, do the unity in the community prayer march which okay. hundreds of people came and they, you know, they they flooded the streets with us and we prayed for our city that day and we met down at Evergy Plaza. Yeah. And somebody jokingly said to me that day, they said, you should run for city council. And, you know, <laughs> as a joke, you know, I kind of laughed it <laughs> off and, you know, you know, casual conversation. But as time went on, it just kind of, it, it kind of just resonated with my spirit and just kind of resonated like, you know, there are younger people beside yourself and there are other people beside yourself that feel that they don't have a voice and you could really help bring them to the forefront. You could really help give them that, that inspiration. And so, you know, the beginning of my run, you know, it was just basically, I want to inspire, but now I believe is more that can be done than just the inspiration. I believe the actual work can be done. 
even through the city run, I mean, you know, through this run for city council, I mean, we've we've been in the community, we've been working, um, we're, we're in touch with the people, um, you know, and we're not just doing it because we want to be in the next newsreel. You know, I'm actually out here doing this because I love the, the people. I love the city of Topeka, and I believe we're only as strong as our weakest link. So, you know, if we're able to stand up for not just one district, but all districts and really give the city back to the people that I believe, you know, then we can make a difference. And that's really what inspired my whole run for city council. Sure. I'm not a politician, Angel, um, <laughs> and nor nor will I ever try to be, try to be. Um, I believe that. In the city council, the people's voice should be heard, you know, when when it comes to voting for specific things. And, you know, I don't think that any one person should have that power. So I believe that you should be able to bring that power back to the people in the streets and, you know, see where the vote lies. Um, And so I don't believe that I really chose to run for city council. I believe I was called for this time to represent the city, the people of Topeka. That's awesome. That's awesome. And, uh, and a note to everyone out there listening. See, you never know when someone jokes about running for public office. Just be careful because you never know. You might find yourself actually running for, for public office one day. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, well, you know, speaking of, when you think about uh, your district, you think about District 9, uh, as you talk to people, that sort of thing, what, what do you think is the most pressing, pressing issue on people's minds in your district? And, and what would you do to address it? Well, I think right now, and this is at no shot to my opponent or to to Mr. Lesser. He's a great guy. I've met him on a couple of occasions. Um, But I think, you know, the most important piece to the people, and this is just being knocking doors and, um, you know, talking to numerous of people. There are many different issues, but the most important piece is that people want to feel like they're connected to their representative. The people want to feel like they're being heard. They want, you know, responses. And I feel that, you know, I'm able to provide that one being a young man, um, you know, that has that that time that has the energy. Um, I believe in making sure that I'm reachable whether it be by phone, by email, or in person. I believe that as a city as a city representative or a city councilman, you should be holding, you know, quarterly forums within your district. Um, and so, you know, one big issue that I'm hearing from people, along with the numerous things such as needing a fire station, you know, better sidewalks, better roads, traffic being issues, you know, along with those issues, I think the biggest issue is the people feel that they're not being heard. And so, you gotcha. know, what I would do about it is making sure that I am available 24-7. Sure. Sure, absolutely. Well, and, and when you think about, so, you know, if you have the chance, of course, to, to be elected to represent your district, you know, what, when you think about the future of the community, really, you know, what kinds of uh, policies and actions uh, do you think are needed to really help Topeka grow and thrive here in these next five to ten years? So that's so, so exponential for District 9. Um, one, because, you know, when you talk about growth and thriving, you think businesses, you think jobs, you think uh, family, you know, oriented activities. And so, you know, we have Gage Park in District 9. We have the mall in District 9. 
Um, and one big thing about the mall is we're losing businesses and we're losing big businesses. Sure. And so I, I think that, you know, one one way to help thrive, because that used to be a place as a teenager, Angel, that I used to like to hang out. Oh, yeah. I used to love to go, go to Western <laughs> Mall and hang out and go to these stores. But we're losing big businesses and we're losing sure. things that will attract people to one of the biggest revenue sources in our city. Sure. And so, you know, one one big thing is I would work with, uh, you know, whoever I have to work with. I don't understand all the big ins and outs, and I'm not going to pretend to, but I would work with whoever I needed to work with to try to attract businesses and to try to attract the things so that way families can go and spend their Saturdays at Westridge Mall again. And families want to go and and see the zoo, you know, and the animals not be asleep. <laughs> you know, different, different, I, mean, I mean, I'm just being honest. Yeah. You know, when you look at when you look at Topeka, we are the capital city. And the unfortunate thing about us being the capital city is we are so far behind in development. You know, you look at the, the, the other cities such as Kansas City and you look at even, you know, some of the, some of the other places that are surrounding us and their zoos are bigger. They're more luxurious. And, you know, the attractions, these things that their transportation is running late at night, 24 seven. So people get to and from work. There are a lot of things that need to go into place to help our city grow and get back on track to being an attraction as a capital city. So within the next five to 10 years, I think one of the biggest things is definitely attracting those big businesses so we can put more people to work. We can, you know, create a steady revenue stream and be able to just invest in ourselves. I think once the city starts to invest in themselves, then we can start to see production. Sure, absolutely. And I have to, to second by way the mall thing. Like, it must be because of our age. Like, I totally remember hanging out at the mall when I was a kid. Like, that was the place to go. That was definitely I mean, like, the thing to do. I mean, do you, <laughs> Angel, there was, there was a time we had Old Country Buffet was in the mall okay. and, and and there was it was a buffet and there used to be a movie theater actually in the mall before it moved outside the mall you would be able to go get the whole package i mean you would hang out at the mall all day you'd go to baskin robbins and get your get your ice cream <laughs> after you got through eating at the buffet and then go to the movies right after yeah I mean, we, spot. <laughs> and, and i believe that that's something that they're trying to do you know with that experience with wheatfield village which is amazingly beautiful um have you have you seen it yet i, I have yeah Okay, and, and it's amazingly beautiful over there. But we can't start building in new places and forget about the ones that are still standing. Sure. Sure, and absolutely. so, you know, my, my thing is, again, investing in ourselves, being able to bring that same business, uh, uh, revitalizing certain areas instead of just letting one area die down. Because the unfortunate side, Angel, if we do not take care of Westridge Mall now, Five to ten years is going to be another White Lakes, mm. and we don't want that. Absolutely, absolutely. Well, you know, speaking of thinking about uh, the future, you know, our, our next couple of questions we have are actually um, uh, from another organization here in our community. Yeah, we are in the process of, of reaching out to other community organizations um, to ask questions on their behalf here on this show. And so, as we mentioned earlier uh, tonight, this week's featured organization is the Topeka Sustainability Advisory Board. Um, so they have two. Uh, uh, questions. Their, their first one uh, says, it has been many years since the city of Topeka has had a full-time employee position dedicated to sustainability. Uh, as a result, the tracking of 10-year goals for reduced energy consumption in city facilities that was set in 2010 has not been completed. Uh, what would you do to increase focus and consideration of environmental sustainability within city government operations? 
Well, I know the city has had some, uh, you know, long-term goals in place, um, you know, for sustainability for some time now, um, and that some were supposed to be met in 2020 that kind of fizzled out. Um, you know, with creating that advisory board in 2008 to work on this kind of thing, um, I believe that, you know, if, if, if the city is able to meet those EPA standards for like, you know, the drinking water safety and its minimum requirement, um, we'll be able to lower the bar and, you know, to get over what we needed. Um, wastewater uh, treatment compliance is definitely a good thing. Um, I know some community gardens were created and, you know, single stream recycling, but we definitely, we definitely need good inventory on like tree population and how many trees are being taken and not necessarily replaced certain things like that. You know, when we get to, when we get to dealing with, you know, that sustainability, we talk about recycling, um, affordable housing, access to quality building renovations with efficient energy. Um, you know, I think all of those things are going to be key in order for that sustainability, um, and making sure that, you know, it, it begins to, come to par in what, what the people are, are needing. Sure, sure. Um, and then, you know, the uh, second question from the Sustainability Advisory Board we have tonight, um, they say 11 of our 16 peer cities have adopted multi-year sustainability plans and are actively working toward a more energy efficient or carbon neutral operations in a greener community overall. Uh, what steps would you support to create and enact a sustainability plan for Topeka? Um, definitely, again, um, you know, and, and again, Angel, some of these things are, are definitely brand new to me. Sure. Um, again, I'm 31 years old and I haven't, you know, like I said, I'm not a politician. Sure. Uh, but when we start to talk about these things and we start to talk about energy efficient, you know, when we start to, I believe a big education piece is needed, especially for those like myself that are everyday citizens, you know, to make sure that we're, you know, because when you talk about sustainability, you, you think longevity. When you talk about, you know, these things, you want to have a long term presence. And so in this, you know, we definitely want to make sure that we leave it to the people who know what they're doing, for one. So I wouldn't put anybody in a position that didn't know what they were doing with that. And two, just making sure that we had all the educational pieces put together so we can make those informed decisions. You know, the big thing is that some of these issues can't be controlled by the city and mass uh, massive investments beyond the budget might be needed, but that doesn't mean that we can't have sustainable practices that can't be encouraged and taught. Again, partners, partnering with other agencies and organizations could actually help us, you know, lead into some of these type of long-term community health that we're hoping for here. Um, you know, like I said, let's leave it to the professionals and have them teach us what it is to be sustainable, what it's going to be to take these steps, what it's going to be to make sure that it's but again, like I said, it's going to take some investment. And like I said earlier, Angel, you know, investing in ourselves. If Topeka wants to be, you know, sustainable and have that sustainability, whether it's with the carbon footprint, whether it's with, you know, clean water, whether it's with, with affordable housing, if it's with anything, we definitely want to make sure that we have the proper education on it to make sure we're making the most informed decision. Absolutely. Yeah. That's, I was going to say, especially on an issue that complex, it's, it's good to be able to bring in experts and be able to, to get access to that kind of information. Uh, you know, as we wrap up tonight, I agree. Anything else that you would like voters to know about um, going into these last couple of weeks of the uh, before election day? 
So, Angel, I'm actually, this is the first time that I've publicly announced this. Um, but, you know, one thing that I don't agree with, um, a while back, City Council voted to uh, give themselves a raise, <laughs> which I'm not saying that is not needed. You understand what sure. I'm saying? Uh, but uh, one thing that I disagree with is that they voted to give themselves a raise, uh, and it was in excess of, I believe, $10,000 a year, which puts puts the uh, total from is either 20 to 20 or 40,000. Either way it goes, it was, you know, they gave themselves a raise up half of their salary. Um, yet we're still short city workers. Yet we're still short, you know, uh, code compliance officers. Yet we're still, you know, <laughs> they actually laid off some workers that worked for the city not too long ago because of budget cuts. Um and so where I'm at, Angel, I'm, I'm all about giving back. I'm all about the community. Um, I'm not doing this for a salary. I'm doing this because I really, truly believe in my city. Sure. And so if I am elected, I am devoting half of my salary to go into scholarships that will be distributed to those uh, to to young individuals that are in care, foster care foster care or in need um, that are going to college to help them, you know, along their way. So half of my salary will be devoted to scholarships uh, in the name of my my late boss, Mr. Trevor D. Youngblood. Um, and so it'll be the Youngblood Youth Development Scholarship uh, that will be given out to a few individuals, um, you know, to be able to help them along their way to school. Wow, that's 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 awesome. That's that's we're excited that we can we can feature that announcement tonight. So that's that's exciting. That's that's exciting news for sure. Um, and, and how yes, thoughtful sir. too to think about about you know youth in our community. Think about the future of our community. That's that's great. Yes, sir. Awesome. Well, great. Thank you so much for for hanging out with us for a little bit tonight. Not a problem, Angel. I appreciate you having me. And I, you know, again, you know, just being able to be on a segment such as this, I'm humbled because, you know, uh, I was taught at a young age, people don't have to ask you to do nothing, um, you know, but just to be, you know, be able to, you know, share some of my views and opinions. Um, not that I feel that they matter much, but at the same time, again, you just allow me to have that voice, man. I really appreciate it. And again, we're humbled to uh, be on the show. Absolutely. Absolutely. Glad to do it. And uh, best of luck in the, the weeks ahead. All right, Angel. We appreciate you, man. Hey, thanks so much. All right, folks. Well, we are going to wrap up our candidate profiles for tonight with one final candidate. We get to talk to Councilman Mike Lesser, the incumbent uh, council member for District 9. Uh, Mike, thanks for hanging out with us tonight. Angel, thanks for having me. Always good to talk to you. Yeah, absolutely. It's a lo you know, long time no talk. We were just talking at the candy form. It feels like just not too long ago. <laughs> absolutely. <laughs> time is flying by. Uh, well, you know, for as we get started, you know, for folks who um, haven't had a chance to, to meet you yet, you know, you want to talk um, a little bit about yourself, kind of your background, what you do for a living. Are you Topeka native? Those kinds of things. So um, I. I uh... My dad is a, my father was a Topeka native. Um, um, I was actually born uh, in West Virginia. My dad was playing uh, professional football at the time. And so I was, we were up there when I was actually born, but I don't remember much of it. So we moved back there shortly after he retired um, from playing football. And, and so Topeka's pretty much been uh, where I was born and raised, uh, attended uh, Seaman High School.
high school, um, left for uh, 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 a short time to uh, to go to uh, Iowa Western um, to play baseball, but then ended up transferring back and and playing football and finishing my academics at uh, at Washburn University here in Topeka and and. Uh, uh, graduated on a on a on a Saturday and on a Sunday I caught a plane to DC um, and went to work for Senator Dole right after that uh, graduation there and uh, did that for a little while then uh, um, worked uh, in the insurance industry for as a, in the claims and was kind of transferred promoted and transferred to, to Tulsa to Kansas City then back to Topeka <laughs> and, and then started uh, uh, went into partnership with a, 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 a gentleman who owned an agency and then bought him out um, about uh, seven years ago and um, and uh, and have kind of been here uh, been here ever since so that was 1998. Uh, so uh, pretty much been here back in town since 1998. Very good. Well, you know, it's, it's funny. I know it's a, a trend there. Topeka kept calling you back. So that's that's a good thing. <laughs> well, we were trying to get home. We didn't want to leave, but uh, it was what it was. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, and, you know, of course, you've got a lot going on with a, a career and family here and everything. So on top of all that, what, what made you decide to run for city council? Well, so I, I was... Uh, I was um, involved in in, in politics um, um, as far as student government and in at Washburn. Um, my last couple of years um, at the university, and then as I said, I I, I worked for Senator uh, Dole in D.C. as an intern. Um, directly after college and so so um always kind of been uh uh always been interested in politics um uh then uh i was on the seaman school board uh for uh, a term and a half until we relocated uh to where we live today in town okay god about seven years ago i guess it was and um and so always kind of had that interest, but um, um, always been one of those guys that um, uh, would rather uh, uh, get off the porch and get involved versus sit back and, and, and talk about it. And so um, the opportunity when uh, uh, Councilman Harmon um, decided to to retire from and, and not run, I was approached by uh, several different people and, and – uh, it just seemed like a good fit, and uh, at the end of the day, it's 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 about uh, uh, wanting to you know, like I kind of say, leave. To, I would like to leave Topeka a better place than it was when I found it. So that's kind of my my motivation. Sure, absolutely, and, and of course, as you as you complete a, a term on the council right now, uh, what made you decide to to stick around? Why did you decide to want to run for re-election? Well, still have still have several things that that that. Uh, I want to accomplish. Um, you know, COVID played a little bit of a role in really. Uh, uh, you know, we really kind of got to be honest with you. You know, this job isn't something that you 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 walk in and you you, you have to learn. 
Um, you know, I mean, there's certain things that become obvious to you, but, um, um, I'm one of those guys that, you know, I want to sit back and evaluate. I don't think that I have all the answers, so I'm certainly not going to be the guy that walks in from day one and, and, and thinks I have the, the playbook for wholesale changes. But so you learn a little bit, you learn, you go through that process, you know, the first year and start getting your feet wet. And then second year, you, you really start to feel it. And then, then COVID kind of hit and uh, kind of put the brakes on on uh, a lot of things. And, you know, not only did it uh, uh, put the brakes on a lot of proactive things that, that, that we wanted to accomplish, um, you know, it created a crisis that we had to deal with that on, you know, both economic, uh, health, um, you know, uh, socioeconomic, all those different issues we kind of had to deal with. And so um, I'm hopeful. I'm hopeful that, you know, uh, we're past the point uh, of that, or at least on the downslope. I think we're always going to have to deal with that, unfortunately. Um, I think our world has changed. Um, but uh, so, yeah. Coming, uh, coming back is about trying to finish some of the things that I never, I wanted to start that I never got to start, and and uh, then uh, we're a different world than we were when I got elected. So there's different talent challenges, you know, 45 million dollars in in ARPA funds that that we have a responsibility um, to make sure that we use wisely, and so. Um, that's a long answer to a simple question, but uh, I guess I could just say I got lots of more work I still want to do before I decide to, to walk away. Sure, absolutely. Well, and, and yeah, you know, I didn't even think about you know COVID uh, in terms of your term really did hit at that yeah that critical moment when you kind of feel like you know what's going on and are ready to do things and then oh all of a sudden who could have, who could have predicted a global pandemic in the midst of all of that? Yeah, that uh, was not something that uh, on my. Uh, my flyers that we handed out uh, four years ago when I was running that said uh, experience in handling pandemic situations. That was <laughs> that was definitely not one of my bullet points. Right, all those all those opportunities we've had to learn in the last in the last <laughs> two years. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Well, you know, when you as you visit with folks um, in, in District Nine and, and talk with constituents, uh, you know, what what do you think is their most uh, pressing issue? What are they, what are the things that they um, care about, and, and what are some of the things that that you would like to do to to address them? Well, I think I think you know, obviously. Um, you know, taxes, you know, is always an issue. Um, but, but primarily, you know, you know, population, you know, or, you know, we, we, we have to, uh, we have to have economic development that helps then, uh, create better jobs, create, um, better housing opportunities because of increased wages for people. Um, bring businesses to Topeka, which, like I said, creates jobs. And, and then I think it all becomes down a triple, trickle, tr trickle down effect that then, you know, population increases, uh, infill housing hopefully increases. Um, lots of those different topics are things that I'm hearing, you know, as I, as I talk to people, um, knocking on doors and, and, and having coffee and all those tame things is, you know, uh, um, economic development, um, uh, economic development, um, population, getting our population, you know, code, um, you know, uh, 
code compliance from a standpoint of, of uh, uh, dilapidated properties as well as, um, you know, one thing I've worked been working hard on as best I can in a quasi, you know, it's a quasi civil matter is, 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 you know, landlords and, and in particular, particular one landlord that, 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 uh, um, owns significant property in town, but it's not taking care of them. And then, um, not, uh, uh, treating the, uh, uh, the tenants the way they should be, and 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 the reality of it is, most of the tenants are lower socioeconomic and don't have the means to fight, don't have the means to walk away and go get another place because they can't get their deposits back. All those different things. So those are those are you know those are the things. Streets are always something I hear. Interestingly enough, I'm not I'm not not hearing as much on streets. Um, sure. I think the last time I heard on streets was um, a guy on next door went out after me about uh, just as recently as yesterday that Mike Lester doesn't care about the streets and we have terrible streets in District 9. I'll, I'll remind that gentleman that it was me that insisted and 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 uh, went to city manager and the horrible 17th Street from uh, Fairlawn to the 470 bridge. Um, um, you know, that's one of those things that I demanded that we get done because it was dangerous. Not only was it a dangerous um, to the vehicle health, <laughs> right, um, right. It, it was dangerous to to drivers and people because they're swerving the, to miss the the I don't even call them potholes; these were craters and <laughs> and stuff like that. So um, maybe that guy ought to do his research a little bit on uh, where I, what I've done uh, in my four years in on streets. Uh, maybe I ought to go talk to um, the community off of 10th Street over by Wanamaker Grade School where. Uh, I went out there and they were having serious uh, street problems and we got those fixed over there. Um, can talk to Mel, uh, Mel who lives over there, one of the residents about that. So if, uh, if streets is something they think I'm not, haven't been proactive about, then um, I probably ought to do the research and read a little bit more. Sure, sure. Well, a uh, note to those listening out there, your city council people do watch what you put on next door uh, as well. So just, uh, just a note there uh something to something to know speaking of streets and, and that sort of thing too you know when you think about the next five to ten years and and growth for the city uh what kinds of of policies and actions do you think are, are needed to help to be uh, really continue to grow and thrive in these next five to ten years uh it, it, you know are you talking in regards to streets you know I, oh just just in general well there again it's economic development it, it, it's 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 uh one of the things that that i wanted to uh uh, addresses developmental services and making it easier to 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 do business in Topeka as, as a new business coming in, as well as to uh, do business as a startup and an, a, and an existing business that is uh, 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 trying to expand. Uh, we 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 do a we do a poor job right now. I'll just be really honest with that. I get complaints almost on a daily basis. I've had to get involved more than I should, along with other council members and we need to be you know solution solvers not problem makers in that in that area and um um uh 
that that's that is absolutely one thing that I, I had made a point that I wanted to get involved in, you know, when I first was elected, and that that will be a, a, a key. Uh, key point in my next four years along with uh, shared concerns, not only probably most most um, of the other council members, but in particularly Emerson and Dobler and I are all on the same page. Um, in, in, in a year, um, uh, it's going to be easier to do business in Topeka. I can tell you that. Um, and you're either going to get on board and, and make it easier for, for people to do business or you're going to have to find somewhere else to work because uh, um, what's going on in the status quo of how difficult it is right now and the complaints I get, um, we get, I should say, are unacceptable and, and uh, are going to change. Awesome. Awesome. Good, good to hear. It's look, looking forward to, to lots of things ahead for sure. Uh, these last two questions that we have tonight, of course, are ones uh, that we have collected from our friends at the Topeka Sustainability Advisory Board as we reach out to different community organizations uh, each week uh, to get questions to ask on behalf of them. Uh, so this week, our questions come from the Sustainability Advisory Board. Uh, their first question uh, that they have for us tonight says, uh, it has been many years since the city of Topeka has had a full-time employee position dedicated to sustainability. Uh, as a result, tracking of 10-year goals for reduced energy consumption in city facilities that was set in 2010 um, have not been completed. What would you do to increase focus and consideration of environmental sustainability within city government operations? I think you have to be conscientious of, of you know, which comes first, you know, uh, the chicken or the egg, as well as uh, at the same time, you know, that you can't have the, the, the tail walk, you know, wagging the dog. I think we have to do what makes sense in, in regards to sustainability. Um, you know, I, I'm a I'm a absolute supporter of uh, of 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 the position um I, i'm 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 a, a supporter of looking at different ways that we can we can we can do things um and i think we have the opportunity with some of these arpa funds too to to take a uh, uh, another look at, at at that um those issues i should say um and, and, and see if any of that money can be used. You know, you have to be careful with that because it's one-time money. You can't use it. It's, it's not sustainable. We're not. We're not getting. We're not getting forty-five million again next year. So, you know, you have to be smart about using it as one time and then making sure things are sustainable. <laughs> but um, right. uh, I think we have an opportunity with with that and and uh, incorporate that into that plan. Very good, very good. And then the second question here um, asks, it says, 11 of our 16 peer cities have adopted multi-year sustainability plans and are actively working toward more energy efficient or carbon neutral operations in a greener community overall. Uh, what steps would you support to create and enact an overall sustainability plan for Topeka? What, what steps would I take? Um, I would not. I would say that I'm not in a position right now that I could tell you what steps I would take. What I can tell you is I I, I would be willing to evaluate multi many the many different options. Um, as I said, to look at some of the ARPA funding to use to get some of those projects. You know. Uh, 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 you know, off the ground and, and, and moving. At the same time, um, 
there again, um, we, we have to be smart about how we do that. And we have to, we have to, you know, acknowledge what resources that we do have and then what, what, what resources do cost. So, um, I know that's not a really, a. I'm not trying to avoid the question on what specific sure. things would I do, um, but I don't really have an answer to a plan as, as far as specifics. My specifics would be being able to evaluate all the plans that come in front of us and making smart decisions on on which 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 ones we try to incorporate and have the the economic feasibility to, to pay for. Sure, absolutely, definitely a, a a big issue as well. With lots of lots of movie pieces and lots of movie parts to it for sure. Well, all right, and uh, as we uh, wrap up for today, anything else you would like voters to know about? Uh, no, I don't think so. I, I, I think the only other thing I would say is, is you know, uh, uh, exercise your right to vote, regardless of who it's for. Uh, you know, uh, whether it's for me, or whether it's for Gregory, whether it's for, you know, Leo or Mayor Padilla, whoever, you know, or, or Mike Padilla, whoever it is. Uh, exercise, you know, a lot of people died so we could... Uh, have this, you know, have the right to do that. So, so um, I think I think uh, the most one of the most respectful things that we can do for people, for for uh, our, our our veterans, is to go vote um, anytime we have an opportunity. And then just thank you. You know, you're you're a great part of our community, Angel. You do you 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 you, you become a good friend, and I appreciate everything that 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 you do to to make Topeka better, and and we're a better place. Um, because of you, so so so. Thank you for doing things like this, and I see you everywhere. So I, you know, so you know, I I, uh, uh, I appreciate. It. Well, thank you, thank you. I appreciate that. I appreciate you for for being on it. It's good that we get to to hang out like this, and glad that that things are opening up a little bit more. We might be able to actually see each other in person again sometime soon. <laughs> Sounds good. Sounds good. Absolutely. Well, thanks again, Mike, for for being here tonight, and uh, best of luck in the the weeks ahead. All right, my friend. We'll talk soon. Thanks. Thanks so much. And folks, that that concludes our candidate profiles for tonight. Uh, just as a reminder, you can find all three of our candidates tonight, uh, Karen Hiller from District 1, Gregory Bland Jr., and Mike Lesser from District 9 on social media. Uh, so I encourage you uh, to reach out to them if there's something that you heard that you want to ask them more about or learn more about. Um, there's also some great candidate profiles out there in the Capitol Journal as well. So lots of ways uh, to learn about your candidates for City Council. Uh, so stick around. After the break, we'll wrap things up for tonight. And to what you can expect on next week's episode of Ballots and Brews. Uh, again, you're listening to Ballots and Brews here on KSCF 785 Live Radio. All right, folks. Well, that is it. That is our show for tonight. So we are so excited that we could get back to candidate profiles tonight and start our work on getting you introduced to all of the candidates running for city council. So tonight, of course, you got to hear from candidates in both districts one and nine. Next week, you will get to meet actually the three candidates uh, that are running in district three, city council district three. So we're excited uh, to bring those uh, bring those candidates uh, to you. Excuse me, not district three, district five. Uh, make that district five. Uh, you'll get to 
meet those candidates uh, next week. So we're excited to to give you a chance to learn more about those candidates. And again, we remind you there are there's lots of information um, out there about city council candidates. Rather, it's those capital journal profiles. Uh, rather, it's listening to the recording of the candidate form um, that's available on United Way's Facebook page um, as well, um, as well as uh, candidate Facebook pages or websites. We encourage you to do research on those candidates um, and that you can reach out to them uh, and follow up to them uh, with them if you have any questions as well. Uh, one last thing we'll leave you with um, for tonight, the Kansas League of Women Voters um, has a campaign that they like to do where they encourage um, all of their members to reach out to 10 different people. Uh, 10 different people and let them know a simple message that local elections are coming up, that they are some of our most important elections, yet they have some of the lowest voter turnout, um, and that the election day is November 2nd, and that people can right now request an advance ballot be mailed to them, check the registration status, do all of that at ksvotes.org. Um, so again, letting folks know, local elections coming up November 2nd, the most important elections, but historically the, mo the lowest voter turnout, and that they can check the registration status and take care of all of that at ksvotes.org. They encourage those uh, their members to talk to 10 people, and then they tell those 10 people to talk to 10 other people. So I want to encourage all of you listening tonight to find 10 people in your life that you can talk to about local elections coming up, and encourage each of those 10 people to tell 10 other people. If you all do that, think of the impact that we can make uh, when it comes to letting people know about the importance of upcoming local elections. So that's the charge we're going to leave you with tonight. Um, again, next week, we'll look forward to visiting with you more about more city council candidates, and of course, course more great places to drink here in top city um, until then of course uh, please 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 uh, stay safe wear your mask uh, do social distancing all that stuff that we know to do uh, drink some good beer and we will catch you next week on balance and brews here on kscf 75 live radio i
Every new beginning comes from some other beginning.